This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Hi everyone, welcome to class today where we're going to be learning something a little bit different than usual. We're going to be learning today the beautiful tefillah of Nishmas. I want to thank the sponsor of this class. It was her idea to specifically devote this class to Nishmas. And I think that it's so relevant and so appropriate considering the fact that so many of us are saying Nishmas on a more regular basis, daily even, lately, um, as opposed to just on Shabbos and Yantif. And so I'm really excited to delve into this magnificent, eloquently written tefillah that we could, so that we could all benefit from it, hopefully, and connect to the words on a deeper level, and not just connect to the words um, and understand what they mean, but even to live the messages of Nishmas. And that's really my intention here today, to help you gain the benefit of using the ideas that you're going to be that we're talking about in this tefillah and really making it come alive for you so not just having all those praises as a thought in our mind that makes sense to us as ideas in our head but to really bring it down into our heart and into our lives and to enhance our spiritual connection and our quality of life so that's my intention today this class is dedicated to Tzipra Basleya May she have her for Shalema, and may her students be Zoche to sit in her beautiful classes once again in Mitzvah Shem very soon. Okay, so let's give a little background for this tefillah. Many say it's written, that Nishmas is written by the Anshik Nesses Agadola, who wrote the other tefillos in the Siddur. Some say others composed it. Either way, it's a tefillah that's meant to be said on Shabbos and Yantif. Now, we know that many of us have started saying it more often, so we're going to get to that in a minute. But I just want to explore first this idea of it being a special tefillah for Shabbos and Yantif. What is that all about? So Chazal say that the reason we reserve Nishmas for Shabbos and Yantif is because on Shabbos and Yantif we have time. It's a very practical reason. We have headspace. We have the ability to really connect with the words that we're saying and to process them and to meditate on them and to let them seep into us on a deeper level. It has, you know, this tefillah has almost like halal type of vibes. It's so beautifully written. It expresses our deepest feelings in the most beautiful ways and it's very uplifting. And on Shabbos and Yantif, when we have that extra spirituality, we have that Neshama Yaseira, that's when we're meant to say this so that we could really connect to it on a higher spiritual level. So we, we should know that there are many deos that say that Nishmas is specifically not meant to be said during the week and that if we want extras chusim during the week, we should say parakuf and tehillim, mizmar lasoda, we should add more kavana to our benching, we should say any other prakim of Tehillim, but that Nishmas is specifically reserved for a special time. And we know that special times are worthy of special measures. Like, you know, over the Yom Noraim, I usually buy for my children. Um, one of my neighbors sells delicious desserts and cakes and cookies. And I splurge on Aravyantif and I buy the, their favorite cake. It's like a chocolate mousse cake that goes in the freezer. And, um, you know, every year they're excited about Yantif because of it. So it's like a special cake reserved for special times. 
And of course, a few days before Yantif on a random Wednesday, two, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they're already asking me for it because they know that, uh, they, they caught a glimpse of it in the freezer, even though I wrapped it up and stuck it all the way in the back and buried it under frozen steak. Uh, they know that it's there and they're already asking. And of course, I can't say no. So by the time Yantif comes, there's not much left, right? But, you know, this kind of reminds me of that. Like, it's a special tefillah and it's, it's reserved for a special time, and that makes sense. Just like I wanted that moose cake uh, to last till Yantif, which it didn't. Uh, but anyways, yeah, that's that's the reason we say it on Shabbos and Yantif. But Rebison Kanievsky, Allah Shalom, right, instructed us to say it every day. So what's that about? What's that? There must be a really good reason for that. So besides for Shabbos and Yantif, another reason why we're meant to say Nishmas is out of gratitude for a Yeshua that came our way out of gratitude for being, for having been delivered from a dangerous, difficult circumstance. I even, my high school principal instructed us that we should say it after we have babies. And I, I remembered after each baby what she had said in like 11th or 12th grade. And I made sure to say it. So being the fact, being that we're meant to be saying it after we have, uh, you know, we're, we're feeling, when we're feeling gratitude from having been delivered from something, Rebenton Kanievsky lived her life very much in, in a way that she saw everything, every mundane occurrence that happened in her life as something to be thankful for, as, as something that she was delivered from. Like if she was able to be feeling good one day, she didn't take that for granted. If she was able to walk to the store, if she was able to get across the street, if the weather was beautiful, everything that happened around her was her being saved from something that could have been happening instead. And the truth is that at a very deep level, at a not such deep level, that's really true, right? Because of course I shouldn't take it for granted that I'm, that I'm able to sit here and speak to you right now. The fact that I'm able to take one more breath, you know, every few seconds is a huge miracle. And, and, and in doing that, I'm being saved from something not so good. So she really lived her life this way. And it reminds me of a beautiful Pasuk and Mishle that I always connected to very much. It says, Orach Chaim Lamala Lamaskil. The pathway of life is up, upward for the smart one. So what does this mean? What it, what it, what, let's, let's look at this for a minute. A smart person understands that their life needs to constantly be moving upward because otherwise if they're not moving upwards, they're sliding, automatically sliding backwards. So let's look at the word Orach, the path, the, the, the way of life. Why not derech? Derech, I think, is more commonly the way we talk about something like that. So why orach? The word orach, if you switch around the nekudos, it's oreach, a guest. What it's trying to say, and I love this message, is that in order to be a person who's constantly on the upward climb in life, to be that maskil, who's lamala, who's always going up, you need to be a person who feels as if you are an oreach, in this world, to feel as if you're a guest, almost as if you walk into somebody's brand new house and you're walking around and you're going, wow, look at that beautiful light fixture. Look at this gorgeous wallpaper and like everything. The, the, the bathroom is eliciting this huge gasp inside of you like, wow. 
And that's what it means to be a guest somewhere, to see everything with fresh new eyes and not take anything for granted and to be amazed at everything that you're looking at. And that's the way Rebson Kanievsky lived in this world. And that's why she, it makes sense for her to have said nishmas every single day to express her gratitude that she was constantly reawakening in herself. And it makes sense that she wanted all of us to do the same. So I just wanted to present those two sides. Those, you know, there are many who think we shouldn't be saying it every day. Rebetsa Kanievsky lived such an elevated life that it made sense for her to do that. And so um, I just wanted to give you that, you know, that view of both sides of this situation. Okay, so now I have a question that I want to present that's, that, that, that sits on my mind sometimes, and I think, it's, I think many of you might resonate with this question, and I think it's a great opportunity to address it. And the question is, why do we praise Hashem? What is the purpose? What is the function of us praising Hashem? Does He need our approval? Does He need to hear that we're good? Yeah, Hashem, you did a great job today. Thank you for bringing up the sun. It looks beautiful. Does he need that from us? Do we need to be buttering, you know, is, is praise our way of buttering him up, so to speak, for the things that we want to get next on our laundry list of things that we need? What is it about? Like, there must be everything that Hashem sends our way, all the mitzvos are all here to serve us. So what does it offer us? What it's, it's clearly it's about us and refining ourselves because Hashem doesn't need any of the praise. So what are we gaining from it? So just to name a few very important pieces um, that we should think about when praising Hashem, things that were different ways that we're going to benefit from praising Hashem is number one, emuna, reiterating. Right? We we get stuck. We're in. We're, we're doing the best and that we can in our lives and we're dealing with challenges and very often those challenges, they cover our eyes and they blind us and very often, even if we're not having challenges, when a new day comes and we have new things to figure out, uh, new, 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 you know, new things come up in our life that we have to deal with and it's very easy to like get stuck in our own little world, in our own little bubble, and start panicking. How am I going to take care of this? What's going to be with that? And, you know, how am I going to deal with this big challenge that I'm having? And, you know, here Nishmas comes and says, and, and anytime we praise Hashem, we're coming and we're reminding ourselves to recenter ourselves because Hashem has a track record with us. We're saying, Hashem, you have a bank account with us. We don't ignore the Nisim and the Nefla, the Tovos, the Nisim and the Neflos that you do with us every day. We're not ignoring it, not just for us, but we say also for Avosenu, right? For we, that you that you did with us and our fathers. We don't ignore that. We pay attention to the gifts that you give us, and we take lessons from that. That you know, we 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 calm ourselves down, and we remind ourselves that. You're just you're not just gonna stop doing all these this goodness for us. It's not just gonna stop. It's not gonna depend on our on our actions, on our mice. And we say Adhena Zarunu Rachamecha. Until now, your Rachamim has been what what's been keeping us going. The Loazavunu Chasadecha, your chesed has been keeping us alive. And then we say, And so therefore we know you're never going to leave us. So reiterating the praises to Hashem, the good things that He's done for us, the chasadim, the rachmanas, all that, is strengthening inside of us that 
okay, whatever you have to deal with today, that's also being taken care of. You're also not being left alone when it comes to whatever challenges you're going through right now. And, you know, that's an important, a very important reason why we want to take the time to really praise Hashem and to get into it in such detail like we do here in this beautiful tefillah. Another thing that we gain from praise is humility. Humility, the first, I always say, the root of humility, the first piece that has to be there is self-esteem, knowing that I'm infinitely worthy and capable, unconditionally worthy and, and, and infinitely capable. And that's really has to come first. But a, a crucial ingredient that must also be there as well is the knowledge that everything that I have comes from Hashem. Everything is a precious gift that I did nothing to deserve and that I have endless amounts more. To, there's never, it's, I'm never going to be enough. I'm never going to be enough. I'm always going to have to be growing and trying and doing and being more and more and more. And, and I'll never have arrived there. So uh, um, there's so much more for me to do. It's it's endless, and I think that um, that specifically the tefillah of Nishmas, the praise of Nishmas, really delivers this message of humility very strongly in many ways. And so praise in general helps us become humble. It reminds us that everything that we have is not that something that we gave ourselves or that we earned or deserved. Okay. Another thing also is that praising Hashem connects us to Him. Right? And just like any other relationship, if you want to work on a relationship with somebody else, you can't change them, but you can't change what you focus on. And so by praising Hashem, we're deciding to stop focusing on what we don't have and to put a heavy, heavy focus on what we do have, which this tefillah does so well, and on all the good things that He does for us. And in that way, we develop warm, loving feelings towards Hashem and that infiltrates into our entire life. It gives, you know, these three pieces, the emunah, the humility, the connection with Hashem, these are the keys to building a foundation, a strong foundation for our entire life, and for being able to live a life of Torah and mitzvot, of productivity and fulfillment and joy and contentment. Okay, let's delve into this beautiful tefillah inside. Now that we understand a little background on the tefillah, we understand why and what the function of praising Hashem is, now we're going to look at the words um, inside. Okay, not all of them, but we're going we're gonna to do our best. Okay. Nishmas kolchai tevarech es shimcha Hashem elokeinu. The soul of every living being is blessing the name of Hashem. Now, there's something really subtle and really beautiful about the way this tefillah is constructed. So, it's almost as if, you know, I wouldn't have noticed this just by saying this tefillah, but by researching it, I'm seeing that in a very subtle way, the composer of this prayer leads us into the praise in a very kind of easy, slow kind of way. It's almost as if he's saying, listen, I get it. You know, yes, you know you're meant to be praising Hashem, but you're going, you're going through stuff right now. You're in, you're, you're, you're in life. Life could be challenging. And I get it. Like, maybe you're, today you woke up and you're, you can't stop thinking about, you know, uh, one of your family members that you're having an argument with or uh, a shalom bias issue with your spouse or... Uh, a parenting problem, a dilemma that you're dealing with, or 
a huge amount of debt that you're feeling buried in, right? Or, or a health issue, right? Maybe you're thinking about that right now. So I get it, right? We're not going to ask you to just dive into the waters and jump into this huge amount of praise and feel half-hearted about it. I want to acknowledge that, you know, it's almost as if the composer here is saying, I want to acknowledge that sometimes it's hard to see the Yad Hashem. And sometimes even though we're given so many blessings, millions and trillions of blessings, we're still, human nature is that we're still going to see the world often through that lens of the challenge. And so it starts out by saying, Nishmas Kolchai. Not you know, not the surface level you. The surface level you may at times have a hard time connecting with such intense praise for Hashem. But your soul, the part of you that is aware and, and, and understands and has that higher perspective and knows all the secrets of Hashem and knows everything that's going on and understands everything and it makes sense you know, to your neshama, why you're going through everything like this. That's the part of you that we're calling upon here to praise Hashem. So it's almost like a subtle way of validating that, you know, we're going to need to call upon your higher self, not your surface level self. Okay, then, in addition to this, and it's going to continue softening this for us here by saying, Hashem Elokeinu. So when we put the you know, these words together, these names of Hashem together, we're combining the, the Hashem, the Yurke Vavke here of that, that really talks about the, when we use the name Hashem, we're talking about the Midah of Rachamim and mercy, and we're combining the mercy right next to the Elokeinu, which is the name of Hashem that we use when we're referring to the strict judgment, to the, sometimes the, you know, the, the challenges that he brings us. So, by combining the names together, Hashem and Elokeinu, we're, we're showing that even when things are tough in your life, it's all coming from the same God. It's all Hashem Elokeinu. It's together. The, the chesed is chesed. The outright chesed that you see as good is good. That's chesed. And the challenges that you're going through, those are also chesed. It's really all the same. It just may look to you different. But really, it's all coming from the same loving Father who's bringing you all these things to serve you and to help you and to benefit you in the best ways. Okay, so we're kind of like, you know, we're showing here, we get it, call upon your higher self, grab onto this idea now as you're about to head into a lot of praise that really whatever you're going through is also chesed. It's it's right next to the name of Hashem, the Elokeinu is right next to Hashem, which is midas ha-chesed, harachamim. Okay, min ha-olam va'ad ha-olam atakel. So really it means for, forever you are our God. But if you look at the deeper meaning, ha'olam is ne'elam. It has the same shorash of the word ne'elam, hidden. And what we're saying here is from one hidden incident or issue that I have in my life to the next thing that seems hidden, meaning that I don't, that Yad Hashem is hidden, in all of those circumstances, you are my God. I could see right through this hidden thing and I could see where it's all coming from. And without you, I have nobody. I have nobody to save me, to redeem me. Poda umatzil umefarnes to sustain me. Veona umarachem to answer me, to have pity on me. Bechol eis tzara v'tuka in every difficult situation. A tzara is a difficulty that comes from the outside, and a tzuka is even if everything is perfect in someone's life, they could still feel inner anguish inside. Uh, emotional pain just from just from inside and so there's so many different types of 
things that come our way. And in all of this, we're saying, We have no one else to do all these things for us, to take us out, to deliver us from these hardships. We have nobody else. And really, this is the most freeing concept, because so often we fall into the trap of thinking, I'm in control subconsciously, right? We start doing things on overdrive to get to, you know, to help ourselves. We start torturing ourselves. Maybe if there's something that I did, maybe if there was, if I could just figure something out some, somehow to get myself out of this, right? We start relying on other people. Oh, I need this therapist. I need that doctor. How do I get in there? What do I do? And we're pushing and we're trying and we're, you know, and, and, and if only that person would answer me or, 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 or care about me and we're, we place things on others and on ourselves, And when we say this, it's meant to remind us that when we're in those difficult emotions, when we're feeling the tzara and the tuka, we're meant to just like stop, put everything down, right? It's, it's like a mental shift that like this, it's like it's, it's almost like we, the, the, we should use the negative emotions as like an alarm bell, like, stop the madness of relying on everyone and everything, like recognize that you're doing that, and daven, ask, right? And it doesn't have to be so formal. Just stop and ask Hashem for what you need. Put it back on Him. Remember I was having a, a, a difficulty with one of my children, and I was, it, was, it was something that was keeping me up at night, and... I I just like I couldn't sleep and I was twisting and turning and turning and twisting and probably overreacting in my head and creating all sorts of doom and gloom like we all do. And at one point I stopped and I said, "Wait a second. Hashem, you're a partner in creation with these children. It's the it's the mother, the father, and Hashem. It's the three shutfim for that are partnering up together. Those are the three partners for every person." I said, you're my partner and I'm twisting and turning? Forget it. Like, I'm giving this over to you. I do everything that I can and the rest is in your hands. And that idea, it seems so simple, so basic, so elementary, but it was that idea that put me to sleep. And it was that idea that got me through whatever I was dealing with and brought me the Yeshua's that I needed because I started, you know, I said, hey, wait a second. If I'm this worried and this nervous, I'm not even letting Hashem in. I'm shutting out that partner, that crucial partner. And so, right? we want to remember that just stop. Stop the madness. Those difficult emotions are should be like a trigger for you to realize, hey, I'm taking this on myself. I'm taking too much control. Let me stop and ask Hashem for what I need instead of thinking that I'm going to take care of it all. Okay, and you know, I just want to say also that like tefillah kind of got kind of like sometimes when a person's davening for a major thing, they need to have children, they want a shidduch, health, whatever it is, parnasa, they're davening for one of those major things in life and they're not seeing it come into their life. It makes them think badly of tefillah. They start thinking that it doesn't work. Like, it could easily happen. Like, forget it. Like, let me just try to take this into my own hands. And it's so sad. It's so sad when that happens, and we have to realize that tefillah does work. And if it's not working for you in one of those big ticket items in your life, start using it in smaller ways and looking for those smaller things that are going to come to you. Like just daily mundane things that you need. Start putting it out there to Hashem that you need it. Ask Him for it and watch watch it come into your life. And it could come in so many different... Look at all the creative 
ways that it could be coming to you. Pay attention to the smaller things. Because when you pay attention to the smaller things, that ups your trust in being able to get those bigger things. And sometimes trust is the one of the ingredients that's often missing when it comes to asking for those bigger things and being worthy of getting them. Okay. Elokai, that's like a whole nother topic for a whole nother class. Elokai called Brios, Adon called Tolados. He is the God of all of the people and the master of, he's the God of all creation and the master of all the generations. Now we're going to use the word Tolados here to mean the master of everything that comes after. So we're broadening the definition. Everything that comes after the creation of man, he's also in charge of. And this is a very comforting idea that it's not just that he created us and he put us here in this world and then, oops, something happens down the line and, you know, he didn't intend for it. Almost like to give you a mashal, like if a king builds a castle and, of course, he has the most amazing architects and builders, and he spends years figuring it out. If a few years after he moves in there, some of the bricks start falling off the side of the building, was that part of his plan? Was that what he intended? No, right? Because he's a melech baser v'dam, and he can't plan for everything. Hashem, on the other hand, is Elokai Kalbrios, right? He created us to, at the onset. And then... I don't call it Toledos. He's being a master over all the things that are happening to us, all the outcomes of us being here, all the results, all the, all the things that come after our creation, he's the outcome of also. And this is a comforting piece because, uh, you know, it's, it's easy to get to that place of like, oh, you know, I, oops, I made this huge mistake and it's all my fault and now my life is awful. You know, like a person makes a, a business investment and it goes wrong and it's like that, you know, those oopses that, you know, oops, um, I lost all this money, and it's all my fault. Oops, this this surgery didn't go well, and I, I chose the wrong doctor. And we put so much blame on ourselves, and and on on, on ourselves, and on just like coincidence, right? And it's not so. To think that that oops is a real thing is to create immeasurable pain and suffering for yourself. You need to remind yourself, Adon Kal Tolados, he's the master of everything that happens. Not just that he created our bodies and put us here and, and, and that we're meant to be here. Okay, we know that's meant to be and that's all from him. No, it's every single thing that happened. You know, of course, he gave us a lot of power over our life and we talk about that all the time, more than we want to think, perhaps. Uh, a lot of control over this, how we steer our lives. But at the end of the day, nothing's going to happen without Hashem's approval and he is in charge of everything. And he supports the falling. Now, human beings, our nature is that we see a needy person and we're kind of running the other way. But Hashem is the opposite. Right? He sees a needy person and he comes running. We say, Yancha Hashem be'is tzara. He helps us in our time of tzara and our time of need. Sometimes you're in a time of need and you feel so alone. Like, who could I call? I'm in such a low place. I, I can't put this on anyone. Like, who could carry this with me? Like, I, I'm in such a doom and gloom space in my head that I just have to sit here alone in my bed and, and think because, and, or cry because like, Who's going to help me with this? Like, who's going to be able to li- even listen to how I'm feeling? And we need to recognize that, you know, although no human beings might come to mind at that moment, Hashem is right there waiting for you in your Esara. The Esara, for, you know, when we're going through a challenge, a difficulty, that's Hashem's alarm bell to come running. That's what makes Him 
run over to us and be right next to us, just like a little child running in the street. And, you know, the, the child running down the sidewalk falls and scrapes his knee. That's when the parent gets up. parent maybe wasn't interested in dealing with the kid at that moment, but that's when the parent runs over with lollipops and kisses and hugs and band-aids. I always use that muscle because... You know, when we're no flim, when we're feeling like we're falling, that's when Hashem is right there close by. So, again, I'm just going to build on this, you know, these lessons about tefillah that we're talking about. You want to turn to Him in those moments, and all the pain and all the feelings that you have, instead of giving them over to someone who you're not sure if you want to be vulnerable with, because I don't know if they could handle this, give it over to Hashem. David HaMalach says in Tehillim, I pour out to him my schmooze, my siach, my, my schmoozing, my, my, I'm t- I tell him everything that's going on in my life. And even though, and in, in that, in that same parak, even though you know my path, you know what's going on, of course you know everything that's going on in my life, even so, I tell him my tsara. And so, you know, I think this is really important for us when we're davening and it builds a beautiful connection with Hashem, not just to ask for what we want, but when we have more time, asking for what we want is is the short version, right? To just ask, right, for what I do want, Um, you know, but actually giving over to Him my predicament. This is what's going on for me. This is how it makes me feel. And then asking is such a powerful formula. I've seen really incredible Yeshua's come from davening this way. Literally, like, within minutes, I've had things happen to me um, when I when I really pour out my heart to Hashem and let Him know how I'm feeling. So remember that Hashem is a somech noflim. He's not like a basar v'adam who's running away from you when you're, when you're feeling that heaviness. He's here right next to you, coming closer, and give Him over. He wants to hear what's going on for you. He's waiting and wanting. So give Him ashboch l'fanav sichi, Give him over your tzara, tell him what's going on for you, and um, and ask for what you want. Okay, ilu finu male shira kayam. So here we're going into the ilus, the even ifs, right? And we're, we're expressing that even if I had supernatural powers, I still would not be able to praise you adequately, okay? So let's go into this, uh, some of these a little bit. Ilu finu male shira kayam, even if my mouth had had much has has had in it as much praise as the amount of water that's in the ocean. Even if I had that much praise to give you. And my tongue was just like rolling with praise. I was able to just keep going, just like the waves keep on going and going and going and they never stop. Even if I never stopped and I was just going and going and going with it. It still wouldn't be enough. And even if my eyes were as bright as the sun... And I was able to, what does this mean? It means, even if I was able to see things that a regular human being can't see, if my eyes were so bright that I would, I was able to see through all the difficulties that you were, you know, sending my way and to really understand what is going on here? Why, how is this good for me? How is this a benefit to me, even though it looks so challenging? If I was able to, even if I was able to understand all those secrets, viadenu prushos kenishri shamayim, and my hands were spread out like the soaring eagles in the sky. So I just want to mention something about this. You know, there, there's a hint here to, the, to an, a concept that, to an idea that we're meant to daven with our hands out stretched, like in a receiving position. 
And I have a, a friend who's Sephardi, and she davens with her arms open like this. And I, it took me one or two times of seeing her daven that I started to adopt the same custom for myself, that when I'm saying in Shema Kuleinu, when, I, when I'm asking for my own bakashos, I put down my sitter and I put my hands out. I put my arms out and my palms up. And I just like, it, what it does is it just takes your whole body and it, it sends messages to your body to relax and to trust and to know that something is coming towards you. You're, you're about to receive and it puts you in a very trusting space and that's where we need to be when we're davening. A lot of people think that the more I beg and the more I cry and the more I plead, if I do it enough, I'll get what I want, hopefully. Really, it's the opposite. The calmer you are, the more trusting and joyful you are with what you have now in your life, as difficult as it is, the more trusting you are that you're going to get that which you're asking for in, in, in the best way for you, that's what makes you a clee, that's what makes you a vessel to really draw in what you want. And I see, like I said, when I started davening in this different type of way, with my arms out and accepting and open, sharing my feelings with Hashem, sharing what's going on in my life with Him, and asking Him for what I need in this trusting way, right? I put my arms out when I'm asking. When you're sharing your, you know, your painful emotions, that you just do. You just let that, you know, just let it, let it out. And it's so healing and it's so good for you because then you could go into that space of opening up your arms and accepting, you know, and, and realizing that Hashem could bring you all these things that you're asking for in one split second and that he, as your loving father, he wants to. And he's right there listening to you. And it's just a beautiful way to daven that I learned from my friend. So and here, you know, it's so nice to see that it's also telling us, this is a hint to the fact that we're meant to be putting our hands out when we daven um, and being in a more of a relaxed, open posture instead of scrunching ourselves up and pleading and begging and feeling so, you know, oppressed. Okay, so we're saying even if we had all of these, if, if my arms were able to reach out like an eagle, like, huge, like, like I was like the most open person that ever existed. I could never, uh, be able to praise you enough. We couldn't do it, right? And we're gonna, we're gonna say something, we're gonna give over a really nice, um, idea on this in a few minutes. Let's look at the next part. From Mitzrayim, you redeemed us, you, you freed us. Now, I just want to mention that when we talk about our freedom from Mitzrayim, it's a lot deeper than it sounds, right? We, we, yes, you, you gave us the Makos and Kriyas Yamsov and all the incredible miracles, and then in the Midbar with the Mun and the clouds and so much, so many endless open miracles happened to us when we were being freed from Mitzrayim. But I think that we have to recognize that there's a deeper idea, there's a deeper message of uncondi Hashem's unconditional love for us that is being spoken about when we talk about Yitzhak Mitzrayim. We were on the 49th level of Toma. We were in a terrible situation physically. We were in a bad situation spiritually, the worst, you know, almost the worst that it could possibly be. And Hashem took us out of there. Biyar Chazaka was Ronatuya. He took us out of there and he performed incredible miracles for us that you would think we would not have been, we were not Zohatu. You'd think that 
what 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 shaykhis that we were we were able to get and we were deserving of such of such love and such rachamim and such so many niflaos that happened to us so the message here is that no matter what is going on in your life inwardly outwardly um hashem can change it all in an instant and you are worthy of that happening no matter where you're holding if you are where you want to be if you're not where you think you should be um, no matter what difficulty you're facing, how bleak it seems, don't forget, Hashem loves you unconditionally. He considers you worthy no matter what state you're in. In hunger, He gives you food. He provides for you. And in times of plenty, He sustains you. Now here's the question. Here's my question. We get what it means that during hunger he gives us sustenance, right? That makes sense. That's, you know, but what does it mean that he gives, he sustains us in plenty? And when in times of plenty, do I need anyone to sustain me? I got what I need, right? So the way I understand this is that Uvisava Kilkatanu, he sustains me with the ability to be, to feel sava, to feel satiated, because a person could have everything they need and still not be satiated. But when we say this, what we're saying is that Hashem gives us the ability to feel the satiation. That's a whole new blessing. That's a whole nother thing, right? The fact that a person is able, even with whatever difficulty they might be, you know, going through in their life, to be able to feel that the way things are right now, I am sava, I am full, I am content with it. That's an ability, a potential that we all have that he gave us that we could tap into. Over uh, Rosh Hashanah, I just want to share personal, you know, if I didn't share enough personal things till now, uh, here we go, here's more. Um, you know, Rosh Hashanah and davening, it said the words, you know, and Musaf in general, mituvecha. We say that we ask Hashem that I should be full, I should be feel content from your goodness. I think that's similar to what we're saying over here in Nishmas. Um, you know, that we're praising Hashem for giving us that ability. And I decided when I read those words during Rosh Hashanah that this is gonna be my intention for the Yom Noraim. I wanna feel just totally content and happy and whole with wherever my life is right now. As someone who's always teaching you how to, you know, how to use the kochus that Hashem gave you to bring blessing into your life and to to see Hashem's goodness coming and coming and coming, at the end of the day, sometimes we just need to stop and say, wait a second, the way things are, are is exactly the way I want them to be. And that's exactly what I wanted to feel. And so I'm going to teach you at the end of the para, at the parak, <laughs> the end of the tefillah. I'm going to, I knew that was going to happen at some point, that I was going to call this a parak. Um, I'm going to teach you how, uh, a way that I used to help me go into a place of feeling that sava, that fullness in my life. I'm going to share that with you. Um, as I think it's really important, you know, like we spoke about, um, in the beginning before we started getting into the words of the, this tefillah, uh, we spoke about humility and we spoke about amuna and connecting with Hashem. And if we want to really do that properly, we have to we have to get comfy with the uncomfortable, right? Whatever we're waiting for in our life, if it's 
shidduch or money or health or 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 shalom bayis or whatever it is, we have to be able to in order to really you know be zocha to getting it. We have to also learn to be happy with the way things are right now, um, and that that's when we'll see Yeshuos like never before, and it will connect us. Hashem on such a deep level. So this is something we really need to talk about. I'm going to give you a tool that I use that you could take into your life. It's fun, easy, and uh, you could do it every day, anytime. Okay. Adhena. Now this is like my favorite ever. Okay, just a little disclaimer. I'm the type of person that like, every ice cream flavor is my favorite. And, uh, you know, my kids always say, oh, you favor this one, you favor that one. I say, guys, it's just not my personality. Like, I'm a favorite type of person. Everything I see is my favorite. Every outfit is my favorite. Every person is my favorite. You're all my favorites. When are you going to get that into your heads? Um, but I just humor them. And I'm like, okay, you know what? You're right. That kid is my favorite. Isn't it hard? It must be so hard to live knowing that, like, what a terrible way to live that you you just, you know, everybody knows that your mother favors another one of your kids. Okay. Anyways, uh, back to Adhena. <clears throat> Adhena is really my favorite. Um, Adhena Azarunu Rachamecha. Until now, you, your Rachamem, not my deeds, not, not, I'm not holding up my life by being a good girl. Rachamecha, <clears throat> your mercy has helped me until now in my life. Your kindness has never left. Therefore, I deduce from there that you will never leave me forever. Now, this is where we're saying, Hashem, you have a bank account with us. The blessings that you send to us, the goodness that you give us, we're not like cups with holes in them. We are able to hold them. We are able to remember them. We are able to live with them as evidence for ourselves. And, you know, one of my pet peeves in life is when people say things like, you need to have mazel in life. You know that line? That line drives me nuts. You need to have mazel. And it's like, really? Are we reducing everything down to, like, random mazelzachs? Like, if you don't have mazel, you're just... Nabach, like, your life is over, like, you need mazel, you might have it, you might not, we don't know what, how, why your person might get it, or why they won't get it, like, what a terrible, scary way to live, right? And we're saying, what we're saying here is, is, no, nothing's random, nothing's random. You actually have a track, Hashem has a track record with you. He kept you alive, He delivers you millions and trillions of blessings every single day non-stop, consistently, and now you're going to go and say, oh, if she if she needs a shirach, she has to have mazel, right? What? <laughs> what does that even mean? I, like, no, Hashem takes care of you, He provided for every need that you had until now, and He's going to continue to listen and hear what you need and continue providing for you. And that's what we're saying here. And that's such an important concept that we have to keep in mind. We have to pay attention, and that's why I talk about so much, about being mindful of the evidence of Hashem in our life. It's a constant avoda, but it's something that's going to strengthen our amuna and make us feel calm when we need something big, right? When you need something big, if you never looked at Yad Hashem or focused on it in your life before, and you never really mindfully paid attention to the blessings, 
Then you're going to panic. Then you're going to say, it's a mazel, right? It's a mazel zach. I, I hope I get it. I don't know. Some people do. Some people don't, right? Who knows what you need to be the, the some people who do or the some people who don't, right? But if you pay attention and you notice and you ask for those little things and you see them coming to you and you feel Hashem's presence in your life, then you know. He's not leaving you. He's here with you and he's delivering you everything that you want in the best way for you. So now we're saying, Therefore, therefore what? What do you mean, therefore? Therefore, we're going to talk about now how every part of our body is praising Hashem. What do you mean, therefore? We just said, Ilu finu malishira, even if I would have superhuman abilities, I still wouldn't be adequate enough to praise Hashem. My praise wouldn't be adequate. And now we're saying, and therefore I'm going to start praising Him with every part of my body? How does this make sense? What is this about? <clears throat> and this is really my favorite, <laughs> my favorite part of this tefillah. Okay, maybe one of my favorites. Alkain Evarim Shepilag Tabanu. So because I can't ever be enough and my praise can't be enough, therefore I am freed to up to try. This is epic. This idea is epic and it is so important. It, there's such an important lesson here for our self-esteem and for the way we view ourselves in the world and self-esteem is one of my passions that I teach about. What, what am I trying to say here? Okay. The lesson here is you're never enough. You know what? Let's just put it down on the table. Let's stop trying to achieve something that's non-existent, some magical enoughness that is somewhere in, you know, in, in rainbow land that we're trying to get to, let's just stop trying to get there and stop holding ourselves accountable to getting to someplace that doesn't exist. And let's put it out there on the table, like we just did. We are not enough. I have news for you. You're right. You are not enough. We are not enough. We are not good enough as wives, mothers, friends, siblings, w- co-workers, employees, employers, you're not a good good enough cook, you're not a good enough bake, you're not good enough at writing, you're not good enough at singing or dancing, you are not good enough at losing weight, you are not good enough at anything, neither am I. And that is such a liberating thing to say because, because we're not meant to be good enough. Because we say every day, Hashem created us with our shortcomings. That's what His intention was. He could have made us perfect. He could have given us the ability to be enough, to have reached the pinnacle of everything. But He didn't. He didn't. And so we weren't meant to. And so this is what's best for us. It's best for us to have shortcomings, to be imperfect, and to struggle, and to try, and to fail, and to make mistakes. That is what is best for us. And that is all part of what makes us such precious, beautiful human beings. And I think that this is such a key, I know that this is a key piece in our life. Because when we think that we're meant to be enough, and we're meant to be perfect, then 
we don't even try. What's the point, right? We're, we burn out. And we're, we're constantly berating ourselves. And we're constantly put, putting ourselves down. But if we know, right, once we can say, we're not enough, it's never going to be enough, then we could be freed up. Al-Kain. Therefore, that's why we could say, okay, now I'm going to try, right? Because now, now this means that my trying is what I'm meant to be doing. So by trying, I'm fulfilling my purpose in this world. And that is enough, right? And that is enough for me, who is a human being, and who is never going to be perfect. So, you know, the lesson here is, in your life, stop trying to get to that place of perfection and start giving yourself giving yourself praise. Start building yourself up and commending yourself for your efforts because Hashem judges us based on our efforts because results, like we know, are not in our hands. Perfection is not in our within our reach. And so we're being judged on our efforts. And so we need to start also judging ourselves based on our efforts and building ourselves up for all the amazing things that we do instead of constantly looking at the things that we still have not been able to do. Okay, so, and then this leads us to the ending, right? It, it's, the words are just magnificent here. Every part of our body, yodu, vivarchu, vishabchu, vifaru, vishoru, viromu, every part of our body thanks and blesses and praises and glorifies and lifts up Hashem's name and sanctifies Hashem's name. And, and every part of our body is, is, is full of praise to Hashem. And then we end off, um, me and Melach, who is, who can we compare to you? Me Yishvelach, who's equal to you? Me Yarachlach, who, whose worthiness can be compared to you? And, you know, just so magnificent. The words here are so beautiful. So let's review some of the key ideas that we spoke about today that are really worthy of mentioning again. I think everything, you know, every, it would be great if we could mention it all again, but we're gonna, I'm gonna pick just three pieces to highlight, um, that hopefully we'll be able to take into our day, into our week, into our month, into our year, into our life. And they are as follows. So we spoke about Umi Baladecha, Einlan Umelach, and we said Somech Noflim, right? And there, when we spoke about those parts, we, we, t- we talked about Tefillah. And we said we have to realize that Hashem is the only one, put down your control. Those negative emotions are taught when we have them, when we're feeling overwhelmed, nervous, worried, angry, sad, uh, hopeless, right? Those are all triggers for us to remember to put down our control, put down our reliance on ourselves and on others, and turn to Hashem and ask for what we need. We said, when we said, that he's there for you when you're falling, right? You want to tell him exactly how you're feeling and what's going on for you. And we want to pay, start paying attention to all the little things that that he's bringing us and to seeing, you know, start asking for little things too, you know, that you should have a good day and that, you you know, certain things that you're waiting for should come to you today and watch those things coming and use that to build your amuna and those bigger things being answered as well. We spoke about putting our arms out when you're asking for what you need um, instead of being all nervous and scrunched and desperate. 
Then we said, Besova Kilkaltano. We spoke about the idea of sova, of feeling fulfilled. Yes, there's still things, there's always going to be, you know, Chazal say that a person is going to die without even having half of his desires in his hands. So there's always going to be things that we're going to be wanting. Decide to use this potential that Hashem gave you for sova and activate it within yourself. Um, I want to share with you what I did to help myself do this, and it really helped. So I decided that I wanted to have a sense of wholesomeness in my life, even though I may perceive things as not being whole at this very instant, right? That, that I don't have every single thing that I could possibly want right now. I want to feel as if I do, because really, Hashem is tamim pa'alo. His actions are tamim, they're whole, they're perfect. And, you know, everything is perfect exactly the way it is. And I want to get in touch with that spiritual truth and really live it. And so I started doing, uh, activating a state of wholesomeness. And you could do this with wholesomeness. You could activate a state of calm, of confidence, of contentment. Whatever word you're looking for in your life that's going to make you feel that sense of, I am happy with the way things are right now. I have that fulfillment, that contentment, that fullness, that sova right now. That's what you should do this on if you want to try it. And what I did was I said, wholesome feels like every morning. I do it still today. Now, wholesomeness, wholesome feels like what? And I go on and on for about over over a minute and I just activate what it feels like to feel wholesome. And I say things and each sentence starts with the word wholesome feels like. And I say, wholesome feels warm and delicious. Wholesome feels like I have everything I need. Wholesome feels like all my needs and wants are being delivered to me with love. Wholesome feels like everything is exactly the way it's meant to be. Wholesome feels present and joyful and content. Wholesome feels like my body is totally relaxed and at ease. And I go on and on um, about, you know, wholesome feels like trust. Wholesome feels like certainty. Wholesome feels like surrender. Wholesome feels like, you know, and I like the word present, right? Like I'm able to be present and, and relaxed in where I am right now. And so that's what I do to activate a feeling of wholesomeness. I do it once a day in the morning. And it really does give me a sense of just like getting comfy in my life exactly where it is. It's just an awesome feeling. It's just very liberating. And, you know, you could just, it's relaxing. Um, so that's, that's my tool that I wanted to deliver to you today. Um, and then we had, you know, we said, Alkane, right? I can't, I'm not enough. Alkane, therefore, Right? Therefore, every part of me is going to praise Hashem. And we spoke there about focusing on our efforts. Look at what you do do and stop, and stop berating yourself for what you're not doing. Um, and remember to just like stop and thank yourself and appreciate the things that you are accomplishing. And that will give you the koach that you need to keep doing what you have to do. This was such a pleasure. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did. I hope that it's going to help you in your life and that you're going to say nishmas from a whole different space now um, and that you're going to have an easier time feeling grateful and loving and happy and peaceful in whatever situation you are currently finding yourself. As always, if you'd like to reach out to me for any reason, a speaking engagement, a coaching session, uh, sponsoring a future class, you could contact me at yalbertram at gmail.com or go to my website, yalbertram.com, and hit the contact tab. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.